I am ready. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. So we got the doctor, Boyce Watkins. Okay. Now you are a finance professor. You got your, you have your PhD in finance, correct? Yes, I do. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. And so you spent many years, I I guess, I want to say mainly focusing on, you know, the African-American community as a whole and teaching, I guess, wealth management and things like that. Yeah, um, you know, basically my expertise is stock markets, and that's what I wrote my dissertation on. And so, um, you know, I was on the faculty of Syracuse University for a few years, and and I kind of felt like wealth is such an interesting thing when you really understand how it works. And it's like making money can either be really easy or really hard. And so I was teaching a lot of students, but very few of them look like me. And I said, my people could use this. You know, I grew up where money was hard to come by, and I said, uh, if I could find some way to teach this to the masses, I think that would really be a game changer for a lot of our families. So that's that was my journey. OK. All right. Well, I'm, I love to see it. You know, unfortunately, and, I, you know, I have to you know, this is this is what the platform is about. It's all about being real. Um, you know, we've had a lot of people show up saying that this is what they do, but they don't actually do it. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They right. use it to their advantages. So, like, you know, I spoke to your wife a couple, I want to say like a month ago. Okay. Very, very nice, well-rounded, educated uh black woman as a whole. And I remember asking her, I was just like, you know, how is it, you know, being married to Dr. Boyce Watkins? Because you are, you know, a public figure. Um, you've been featured on quite a few podcasts and things like that. You even have your own uh podcast, uh, you know, named after you and things like that, where I see um a lot of the subjects that you uh, cover surrounding wealth management, primarily dealing in the topics that, you know, pe- that gets people's attention, always the celebrities and things like that. I was I was shocked you didn't do one on my bankruptcy. Oh, oh you're talking about that, uh, that Cardi B stuff? Yeah, I was shocked you didn't do one on my bankruptcy. You know what? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, the reason I didn't was because actually um, I I understood where you were coming from, honestly. Um, I, I didn't. Obviously, I mean, it sounded like you made a mistake and you admitted to making the mistake and I, and I respect you for that. But also I'm not really a person. I don't dislike Cardi B, but I'm not going to be a champion for what she's doing to the culture. Um, mm. I think, that, you know, I think our community gets harmed because you look at what happens to so many of these little girls that end up in these R Kelly situations, you know, little 14 year old girl getting pregnant by some 20 something year old dude. Mm. And I think some of it comes from the fact that we openly sexualize our children at an early age. You know, a six, seven year old girl should not be repeating the lyrics of a stripper who used to drug and rob men for money. And that part. Okay, so no, (laughs) no, I just I was talking about as far as, um, you know, because a lot of people were talking about the finances of it all. Like, Mm -hmm. how does this work? Like, you know, as a content creator. And then they were shocked Mm -hmm. when I filed the bankruptcy because there was a lot of talk around like, oh, she can't file bankruptcy. If I don't have any money, I got to file bankruptcy. It is what it is like. That's just the nature of the finance system. And luckily we have a judicial system that understands that, you know, people don't necessarily make what they owe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bankruptcy, a lot of people think bankruptcy means you have failed financially and that's just not the case. Uh, You know, most millionaire billionaire business people have had to file bankruptcy at some point. Um, I've, I've had to file bankruptcy, you know, especially when times get tough and that's, and that's where a lack of understanding about how business works comes into play because, when you become a business owner, you're taking chances. And sometimes, you know, sometimes things go wrong, you know. And so um, I don't look at you and see a person who is a failure. Uh, I no, see no, a- I was saying, no, I was saying that. No, like, I, I 
ain't nope. never got nothing negative on your platform about I mean, it was a few times, but it was okay. And I respect that. You're a content creator. Like you, you just what you do, you're entitled to your opinion. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't care about that. But it's more so just about educating per se. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people you'll find that, you know, especially now with these lawyers, like I, I, I'm seeing the rise in these people calling themselves attorney. And this is no this to nobody, but I'm seeing a lot of um black uh you know just uh you know, people with degrees and, you know, they've studied law, they've, they've passed the bar and now they've taken a YouTube, but I don't feel like they're really truly educating people like on how the law works, you know, as opposed to you, you mix it up. You, you do comment on what's a lot, what's going on a lot in pop culture, as well as how it ties into, you know, the economics of it all dealing with us and how we need to go about managing our finances and stuff like that. So that's, that's the angle that I was talking about per se, nothing oh. about like, I know people on a, B, or C side of the fence. It doesn't matter. But as far as like, you know, having heads as such as yourself in the in the black community to just kind of break it down for them. Because a lot of times I be wishing I can get up here and do it. But I'm like, I got a show to run. I'm broke. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? what you, you mentioned a word, you mentioned an important word. Uh, you, you talked about culture and uh, you talked yeah. about culture. Uh, a lot of people uh, maybe, again, maybe they just don't know this, but your economics is deeply connected to your culture. And I get that a lot of times, you know, I get that all the time. You know, like if I go on the breakfast club and people are like, well, you're a finance professor. Why are you talking about some rapper? And it's like, no, because culture is heavily connected to economics. Most of the your economic. It. Yeah. Most of your economic thinking came from the culture that's around you. So if you're seeing your favorite artists blowing money on Louis and Gucci and all this other stuff or, you know, making a rain at the strip club, you know, whatever you're going you're internalizing this, you know, and I, I happen to be married to a smart black woman who's an expert on the subconscious mind. And she ex has broken down to me in a thousand ways how this culture, what we call culture, it ain't really our culture, though, it was created by somebody else. Mm -hmm. They just dumped it on us. This culture has disrupted the minds of so many young people to the point where they don't even have a chance to be successful. So, mm. so my job is not just to teach uh, financial stuff. My job is to help shift culture uh, because it doesn't matter. I, I could be giving you the, the secrets to the universe financially. I could tell you everything you need to know to become a millionaire, billionaire, and all that. But if your culture, shapes your values in such a way that you don't even value what I'm saying to you, then it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, access to knowledge is not a barrier anymore. Every, you know, we have a whole university in our pocket with our iPhone. Right? Anybody can learn anything they want to know about anything anywhere. Right. So the question, so your values and your culture shapes what information matters to you. Right. So if you if I want to spend my time uh, learning economics and how to build wealth and how to do better for my kids and how to break generational curses and all that, that's available for me. But if I want to spend time, you know, just only focusing on, you know, whether or not NBA young boy got another baby's mama, you know, that that's interesting stuff. We all pay mm -hmm. attention to that type of stuff. Of but that's, course. that is not um, number that's one, it's not a wealth, that's not a wealth building culture. And it's also <laughs> not a culture that it's not something we should be focused on to it's at the expense of us doing what we got to do to make sure we're good. You know, yeah. talking about yeah. people suffering. No, I totally understand. You know, and, and my business, you know. I love to put out the baby mamas and how many baby mamas he got so they can see I that know. the money's getting thin. Being a baby mama is not a come up. You understand what I'm saying? So I know a lot of people think <laughs> Tasha <laughs> can't like the mess. I do. I really love the mess. But it's really more of an eye-opening. This is what you want to live like? This this what you looking forward to? Getting online, calling out your baby daddy because he's spending thousands and hundreds of thousands over on his new chick, but he ain't he ain't sent no money back to your baby. And you thought that this was gonna be your end all be all no, baby. You got to go to work, so you got to you know mm -hmm. out another well, way. 
Right. Well, you you know, uh, it, it's funny you say that because <laughs> the lowest median net worth in America is that of a single black mother with children. Oh, baby, mom. How low, is it? It, How it's, low it, is it? It's like five dollars, literally. Like white women is like forty thousand for black mothers with children. The median net worth is five dollars. Well, why? Well, because you're you're kind of doing a two person job by yourself. And uh, and I tell people all the time who you choose to lay down with is going to have a huge impact on your economics. And and sometimes we look at it from a short sighted kind of perspective, like, OK, if this guy gives me the impression that he has money, but he's like he's blowing it and he's not being responsible and intelligent. And then on top of that, he doesn't value his role as a father. Then I'm really a short term. I'm feeling good. But long term, there's going to be a price to pay. You know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I have this conversation with my daughters all the time, you know, just how to really because here's the thing. If you study biology um, and I wrote a book called Financial Lovemaking, where I talked about this, women are naturally wired to be attracted to men that can provide various forms of security. We it sure might are. Be Talk about too. Well, I got to spin on that one, Dr. Boyce. I got to spin twice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Right. Well, speaking natural. my language now. Let's go. Yeah, all of that's natural, right? You know, yeah. like on, on average, men, women might like a man who might, who it could be a man who's taller. It could be a man who's got more muscles. It could be a man who's smarter. It could be a man who's got more wealth. So, so that's natural. Um, the, the, the question, the problem is, though, we got a lot of people out here pretending, a lot of people faking. You know, a lot of rappers, I know a lot of rappers and they're not doing as well as they might make people think that they are. And then also choices and habits are are huge. So even if you're doing well now, if you're making a lot of choices that are going to put you in a bad situation, you're going to lose. You know, so uh, I talk to my girls all the time extensively about like, OK, how do you identify a man who appears to be financially secure versus a man who's really going to be financially secure long term? And, and a lot of it comes down to his character, his choices. Uh, is he bettering and educating himself? Uh, watch how he spends his money. And don't just listen to what he says. Watch what he does. You know, ask him, what is his what, what is your five-year plan? And if it takes him more than 30 seconds to give you an answer, that means he has no plan. And a black man who has no plan is not typically going to be very successful. So so I think all those things matter. So I think, I think women, uh, it doesn't, if you want a man that has resources, that does not make you a gold digger. I know guys complain about that. We got the whole manosphere and all that and men, you know, kind of whining, kind of being bitchy about it. But the truth of the matter is that women want men that can provide that security and they should, because that man is going to be, you know, the father of your kids or whatever. Who wants a weak ass man as the father of the kids? But, but if you laying down with weak ass men, then that's what you're going to get. Weak dick, weak sperm, eagles, weak children. Exactly. exactly. It's, a, it's a long way. I Okay, so I had a conversation. This was with um the late, great Kevin Savage. I don't know how you felt yeah. about him, but, you know, Kevin and I were quite, you know, close behind the scenes. And um him and I had a, a conversation uh, one day and he had talked about, um because you mentioned it earlier, you know, how we're wired culturally into pop culture and how it directly impacts us financially because a lot mm. of people don't see that um and i think being in a space that i'm in right it's easy for people to say here's my motto here's my motto if i'm not online bragging about it when i ain't got it guess what ain't nobody laughing about it mm. you see what i'm saying i feel that we as a culture are just naturally just wired. And this is, I'm, I'm going to tie this into what I'm talking about here in a second. Cause you, you said this and it got my brain to run it. Cause I really want you to break this down since you have a PhD in all this. Hmm. Um, 
it's kind of like, you know, if I, if I'm always online bragging about, oh, I got this bag, I got this new car, I got this, when I lose it, you know, because I've, I've been putting it in people's face, I feel like it's more devastating. Like I failed like myself and I failed my culture. I failed everybody that looked up to me because th- I was their way out. Like me mm. being able to walk into a Louis store and shut it down or, or walk into a dealership and cop a car cash, even though that's the stupidest thing you could ever do. Um, you know, and then when, I, when, cause all things must come to an end. You know, we've seen it happen time and time again. MC Hammer, Lil' Kim. I mean, the list goes on. Like, we've seen how these hip-hop artists will have it. They'll get these advances. They spin, 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 spin. Once the song is not hot no more, they're trying to rob Peter to pay Paul. And then all of it comes crashing down when creditors start suing. Then they ultimately have to file bankruptcy, restructure, move out, foreclosure. Lord knows taxes. IRS going to get theirs, foreclosure or not. You know, and then they're starting over again. And I, I feel like it further perpetuates the ignorance of what financial stability is and what being wealthy means to people. And so when I, I had a conversation with uh, Kevin Samuels, he said that, you know, there was a video he had me watching. I never knew existed, but I always knew because I've traveled overseas. You know, I'm married to an African. And what I've noticed is like, you know, a lot of people think Africans and African-Americans are different. And we're not right. The only difference is they've just kind of taken our culture and amped it up more. So like if they're in Africa, it's very hard to penetrate an an economy into wearing clothes like this. Right. Mm -hmm. These Western clothes. They get their stuff custom made fabrics, you know, shipped from China and they they don't walk in with the same outfit on. And I feel that, you know, companies like Gucci, Louis, all, all these people like, you know, Hermes and all them have taken that to say, you know what, if we could build, if we could sell our stuff to, to, to black people, but mm-hmm. do it in a way where they're all wearing it. So if they see mm-hmm. Diddy or Carisha or them with it, they're all going to wear that. And it's going to be hard to penetrate anything else because subconsciously, this is how we're wired. This mm. is how you sell to the black people. And this is how you do it generationally. Because when I go, when I go to Africa and I'm spending time, they don't wear, you, you rarely see the Africans in suits, right? You see them in their African traditional wear. And it's typically uh, clothes that are custom made for each event. You rarely see them in the same clothes twice. So I feel that it's been kind of taken and used and weaponized against us to the point where we're not making ourselves richer because it's hard to penetrate a continent like Africa that way and, and, you know, keep that money circulating amongst the whites. I mean, they're doing it successfully in some countries, but not all, but for the most part, they're not wearing jeans all the time. They're not wearing these little, you know, these shirts or, you know, all their jewelry is custom, all their clothes is custom. This is how they're funding their weddings versus funding their weddings with a $10,000 Louis Vuitton dress. Do you understand where I'm going Mm -hmm. here? Right. Okay. So you're talking about, um, it sounds like you're talking about the, uh, the impact of culture, almost like keeping up with the Joneses where we will, if, if every, if you see everybody else doing something, a lot of us will do the same thing. Yes. But in in Africa it's heavy. Like if I try Mm -hmm. to go to a wedding with an Americanized dress on, they're going to look at me like, where are you going? No, get a Mm -hmm. tailor, get her an African dress. 
They're mm. very strict about that. Like that it's, it's in our culture, it's in our DNA. And I feel like being that we've been separated from where we were based on slavery and all that stuff. Now mm. they're able to, you know, basically they've mastered and they've done it with the beauty supply store. They've done it with the liquor stores. They've done it with the clothing brands and stuff like that. Cars, like for black people to only drive a certain car, everybody want to, uh, um, what is it? Uh, um, uh, I don't know a Rolls Royce. I got to get a Rolls Royce. You get a, everybody showing up with the same Rolls Royce mm, because that's right. how we are. I don't think there's any other culture like that except Asians. Interesting. That, that's a good point. Okay, so it sounds like you're referring to the fact that Africans can maintain their authenticity in terms of commitment to their cultural look, as opposed to African Americans, where we'll kind of uh, they'll put something on us and then we'll see somebody do it and everybody does the same thing. Because we've been stripped. We've been stripped over here. We've been mm -hmm. stripped of our culture. So it's kind of, it's easy. We got them now. We got them. You put a beauty supply store in, no matter if they own people come in, they're not going to buy. They're going to buy from this because this is where everybody go. Everybody go get their lashes done, same place. Everybody go get their eyebrows done, same place. Everybody go get their nails done, same Asian. You see what I'm saying? Because we're a very by the book type people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of that... Um... And that's why it's important when you talk about raising kids in terms of knowing who they are. Um, kids who know who they are, they grow into adults who can do their own thing without feeling like they got to follow the crowd. You know, we have a lot of sheep. Uh, in fact, studies show that about 70 to 80 percent of all people will follow the crowd, even if they know the crowd is wrong or they'll follow authority, even if they know the authority is wrong. So basically with black people, I think that it's amplified because we kind of are born with this type of insecurity where it's like, well, I ain't nothing but a black boy. I ain't nothing but a black girl. So you're waiting for the world to validate you in some way. So how do you get validated? With, you know, maybe you go to a certain university. You go deep, 100000 in debt to go to a certain, such such university. Now you got a degree. Now I feel validated. Um, I get a certain job working for Google or some company or Nike. Then, I, then I'm validated. I'm, I'm an executive with Nike, right? We need all the, or I'm driving the kind of certain kind of car, Mercedes or whatever. Now, now I'm validated. Now I am somebody, right? And really, you were somebody on the day you were born because God made you somebody. I mean, we we are the original man with the original woman. We've overcome things nobody else has overcome. We are very special. African-Americans, even even above any, even, even above other black people around the world, we are special because nobody else went through uh, the slave dungeons, survived the Middle Passage, survived 250 years of the worst slavery known to man. Nobody else can say that. So we have a uniqueness and a specialness uh, that everybody sees except for us. Right. So, you know, when we create something amazing like hip hop music, the coolest shit ever. Right. They come along and they buy it. They monetize it. Whereas we're, we're thinking, well, that's this ain't nothing but music. Everybody can do it. Right. We create the best entertainers on Earth. We are excellent at any sport you can name. We take it over. You know, we have a specialness that's already there before the validation happens. But because they keep that self-esteem low. Uh, because you're going maybe to this school, like well, even me, for example, I'm I'm not a stupid man. I'm good at what I do, uh, but I didn't know that as a kid. So I thought that I needed other people to tell me I was smart before I actually accepted that. Right? I thought I was just going to be good at football and basketball. And 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 if I had been raised in an environment where somebody said, "No, no, no, you're brilliant. You're capable. You can do anything you put your mind to." I would have had courage as a kid to go in my own direction. I had to develop that as a man. You know, right? So really what I would say is, uh, if anybody wants to understand this, there's a video on YouTube uh, called How to Sell to the Negro. And Ebony, you've seen that video? I have. 
Yeah, and it's deep. It's real deep. Yeah. I guess it, was, it, you know, it was from 1950, but same same rules apply now. And they're basically saying, you know, this is how you sell to black people. You just kind of make them think that everybody else has it. Uh, you you uh, you know you, you don't you you sort of let them know that they're going to have this additional status if they give you their money. And and so they they like quality. So you give them something that's high quality, and even if it's overpriced, they'll pay for it because they want to fit in. They want to keep up with the Joneses. They want to look a certain way. And I'm going to say this. Um, Following the crowd is a great way to destroy your life. Like really, following the crowd is a great way to go broke. Uh, keeping up with the Joneses, great way to lose everything. Um, even with money, I tell people, if you get money, don't brag about it. You know, uh, I, I have a friend who's a billionaire, and he said, <laughs> he said, millionaires who just made their money, he said, they're very loud. He said, but billionaires, they whisper. You know, I, I don't want you to know nothing about how much money I got. I don't want you to know anything about it. I'm not going to go on Instagram and flex at all, because once you start flexing and showing off what you have, you become a target. You know, you, that, why do you think Jay-Z and, and, and Diddy and them and Kanye and them are so boisterous about being billionaires? Why do you think they're, they amplify it so much and yeah. all their lyrics and everything that they say and do? It's like it's like they're their badge of honor instead of, you know, yeah. just making their money, putting it back into the community and, and moving in silence. Like, why do you think they're just so, you know, loud about that? Because somebody saw the power of hip hop and they deliberately bastardized it and turned it into a bunch of bullshit. You know, I think they saw that hip hop had the ability to educate and elevate and mobilize people unlike anything before. And I think around 92, 93, they turned it into, you know, bitches ain't shit, uh, get money, kill black people, disrespect women, like all this other stuff. And and I don't think that was an accident. Right. So then uh, you got into that crazy, weird, extreme arrogance, materialism. Um, you know, uh, I I don't know Jay-Z. I've never met him. I don't have anything against him, um, you know, but I do know Kanye. I talked to Kanye on the phone a lot. I got tired of it because I said, you know, we're two black men from Chicago. I really don't need you sitting around here telling me how important you are or, you know, because that's rude. That's disrespectful. I don't I'm not telling you how important I am we're 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 not we're servants to the community that's what we're supposed to be and leadership is service and and i don't know if kanye gets that maybe he gets it in his own way but it wasn't a comfortable conversation because um you know i said you, you know yeah you live in that kardashian crazy world where people pay you all this money and validate these weird ideas that you're the most significant human being on the planet uh -huh. um and i think that's good for you but i think you have a bigger job to do your community needs you. And so one example I'll give is I'll say, you know, if you look at white billionaires like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos created over a, a, a million jobs for his people. Elon Musk created about a million jobs for his people. Name one rapper who has created it, at least 100,000 jobs for the black community. You cannot name one. You cannot name one. So my feeling is, look, I'm happy that you got Even your Even in the hair industry, you know, because they're making a lot of money, these black owned hair companies and stuff. You don't think so? I, not any rapper. Now I'm not yeah, talking. Yeah, okay. About, I see what you're saying. I'm not talking yeah, about right. the business yeah, people. Yeah, rapper. Yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. I got oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure the Bonner, right. Yeah. I'm sure the Bonner brothers or whatever can, can can say that they created jobs. You know, I, I met one of those guys and they they seem very nice and uh, community oriented. Whereas with rappers, it's kind of weird because and this is a reflection of our low self esteem. So I gotta sit here and listen to this record where you're constantly telling me how how you're better than me and you're better. I'm I'm better than you and I'm this and I'm that. That is um, very uh, immature, low vibrational thinking, 
right? Because it's one thing, don't get me wrong, everybody wants to, especially the men, because we got our egos, you know, we want to feel like we're the man, but that's some that's some shit you do when you're like in your 20s, when you're mm-hmm. trying to prove to the world that you are somebody. Then you hit a point where you're supposed to go up the ladder where you say, okay, I'm confident in who I am. I've accomplished something. Now it's time for me to go full circle and commit myself to something bigger than myself, where I'm, you know, maybe I'm a vessel of God or whatever it is you, you want to be. But but they but what happens with hip hop is they keep these men as little boys. So you hear you'll hear a 45 year old man rapping like a child, you know, because he, he because the, America wants the black man to remain either a little boy or a little girl or, or or ignorant or whatever. That's what they want from black men. So my challenge to the rappers is and this is what I like about Jay-Z. I think Jay-Z kind of acknowledged some of this. Remember when Jay-Z uh, said, I'm not going to wear these big old jerseys no more. I'm start wearing suits. And they got mad at him because they were selling so many jerseys. Uh, well, I, I respect that. That that was him saying, I want to evolve. I don't want to remain, you know, the same guy I was in 1997. You know, it, it, so so you can critique Jay for certain things for sure. But I can also applaud the fact that he pre- is willing to present an image to the world of a black man as a grown man, not as a little boy, not as the white man's sidekick, not as a beta male, not as a, a, a little girl. So 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 there's progress being made, and I hope that more progress gets made. Like for, for example, guys like Killer Mike, I think care about people, and 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 I and I, I met with Mike in Atlanta this week, and he's doing he's trying to do stuff in the community, uh, and and even Kevin Samuels. You mentioned Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Uh, I like Kevin. You know, mm-hmm. the one time he did uh, he did a video about me, and it was very favorable and positive, and so I have nothing against him in that way. Uh, the only challenge that I had with Kevin was, I said it seems to me that the world is rewarding you. For not everything that you say, not all the intelligent things you say, they really love it when you beat up on a black woman. Like they really love it when you tell single black women that they're going to die alone. I said, that is the most horrific shit that you can ever say to anybody because I know women that are going to die alone. It's not because they're bad people. It's because there is a statistical imbalance between the number of marriage eligible black men and marriage eligible black women. So a lot of, you know, a lot of women do to no fault of their own. They're doing their best. You know, they, the options just aren't what they used to be. And I, I really think that there could have been a nicer way to say that, you know, so that yeah. was my only bone to pick with him. And and I know people may have been, he had been saying it nice. And, and, you know, a lot of people didn't understand, like he used to critique black men much harsher, like yeah. mm-hmm. before black women started. And I think that's what, that's why black women started to follow him. But then when black women wanted to go in and ask the questions, he got honest. He was like, listen, this ain't something I just started doing yesterday. I was doing this to I, I've seen him rip down a black man like you want this lady to do what for you and what for you. And how much do you make? How big is your dick? What type of car do you drive? <laughs> Go get yourself together and come back and approach the woman. Then you can talk about what you feel like a woman should and shouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? Like because mm. you you you're you're now. You know, that man that she respects, be somebody that a woman respects. But then when the women was applied in that, you know, because it was a black woman that was like, yeah, Kevin, yeah, get his ass, get that nigga. <laughs> now when it, the, the coin is flipped, you know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> but of course, but here's the thing. A lot of the platforms and I was talking to, you know, Miss Jonesy about this. A lot of our, you know, when we see these platforms, they're male dominated. Yeah, we have Jennifer Hudson, Sherry Shepard, me and stuff like that. But majority of podcasts and things like that are done, are are elevated by men. Men hold the token when it comes to talk shows, podcasts, educating the masses and things like that. And they'll let a few women in. And when we're in, 
we're just talking about that. We can say the slightest thing, especially as a black woman, we're canceled all day. But a mm -hmm. black man can smell seeds, say how sexy you are, do whatever, God knows what, threaten to shoot you on live. He's still, his program is still running. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So there's definitely mm -hmm. a bias in that. But, um, you know, mm -hmm. and I just feel that's why Kevin got amplified more is because a lot of men dominate these podcast spaces and it's like get these yeah get these bitches they ain't this they ain't that mm. you know what i'm saying but if women if we had more women in the space like me i feel like those conversations would be amplified more on men calling out other men you know such as mm -hmm. you dr umar johnson and others you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you know i yeah. think that what kevin um at least from what i heard from the men that really follow kevin and I told them that they should listen um, because I believe you are better off when you hear all the perspectives on the topic. I, I like to I, li I like listening to people that disagree with me more than I like to listen to people that agree with me because I want to understand how to see it, the, the issue from different angles. Right. So uh, so we, so what I saw was a lot of pain. I saw a lot of pain uh, from men that uh, have gone through things that where nobody cares. You know, uh, nobody knows the pain of a man who loses access to his children or. Uh, you know, he's he's do, he's doing his best as a husband. And, he, you know, then you get a divorce and you got to move out of the house with your kids. Like that's really, really painful. So these men had a lot of pain. But the the thing I challenged him on is I said, you got to express your pain in a way that's going to be healthy and protective of the community, because black women, we know black women go through pain. Lord Jesus. I mean, it's terrible, you know, and and uh, and, uh, and my wife educates me on that on a regular basis. And I but it wasn't hard for me because I grew up knowing the importance of listening to women. Uh, my grandmother, my mother, my sister, you know, my daughter, I, I have to listen to them, you know, or I'll, I'll get beat up for not for for, for trying to uh, ignore their voice. Right. So um, so what ultimately what I, I think happens on the Internet, unfortunately, is you lose balance. Right. And and what I really wanted um, was his thing with Kevin. Kevin was uh, a super smart guy. He did really great content even before everybody started paying attention to him. Mm -hmm. And then when he said told that lady she was going to die alone suddenly everything goes viral it becomes a conversation and the platform grows and then i saw lots of videos with the words die alone in the title and it just really kind of rubbed me the wrong way because i think that when you're talking about something as important and as delicate as male female relationships and us building families and having kids you can't have kind of these simple minded one size fits all discussions not to say that kevin did that but to say that you know, for example, it's, it's heard, easily taken out of context and just condensed down to just the dialogue when it's just so many other moving parts to that. Right. There's a lot of moving parts, even, yeah. for example, with, you know, one of the last things that I remember hearing Kevin say that I didn't agree was he said, when you're over 35 and you're a woman, nobody wants you like you're you're the leftovers. Yeah. And I said, I said, that's not true. I, I, I asked I said, him about that, too, because I'm like, oh, there's, some, there's some women over 35 that's bad. Like, I know, like I have friends Ooh. like that, like they know yes. everywhere they go. <laughs> Men are like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I don't know if that's true, Kevin. Like, yeah, I don't especially know. black women. I mean, black women are gorgeous, you know. So yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, you know, so 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 my challenge to that was I said, okay, um, if 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 being a high-value man means having stuff like status and money and all that, I guess I would fit the category. I, I have money and status, I've done things, right? Um, I was single before I married my wife. I had I met women every city I went to. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where I, I was the opposite. I said, I don't want to date a woman under 35 because I want to date a woman who is a grown up. You know, uh, I, I so I found myself interested in women that were 40 to 45 ish who uh, had lived a life experience, but who still look damn good. 
you know, and that was where that was exactly the category my wife was in. So I was like, who who said that or who said things like a, a dress size is important? There are black women of all dress sizes who look extraordinarily good. I can't say that about white women, Asian women. None of, black women are just unique in that way. So it wasn't that I had a problem. You had a preach. You're right. So my thing is. You know, I, I just think a, a more balanced discussion, you know, because the thing is, right, you had women that really would listen because they're really trying to understand men. And I respect those women because they're at least saying, OK, let me understand how men are thinking. So if, if women want to understand how men think, you need to hear from different kinds of men. Right. That's it. Like, you know, but, but I do think listening to men is very important. And honestly, I don't know if society encourages people to do that. I think anybody that sits around and tells you or it just uh, uh, patronizes or panders to you by telling you that it's never your fault. It's always the man. You're perfect the way you are. That is not your friend. You know, it, it, and Derek Jackson did that uh, in, a, in a terrible way. And you see where that ended up for him. Um, I think the best people in your well, life. Let me start it on that one. Oh, well, I'm sure you got a lot to say about that, right? And, and here's the thing about Derek that's interesting, to be honest with you. Most men saw right through that bullshit from the beginning. Like, most men were like, oh, Lord, here he goes. He's taking pictures of his crotch, taking pictures with his shirt off. And I, and, and, and But the thing is, the reason I, I, I would give him a little grace is that he's young. And I think that a man who is that young, who has that much power over women, is going to have massive amounts of temptation that he might not understand how to manage. Like a lot of these NBA players, like you look at Zion Williamson and what he's going through, where that woman's going to try to destroy his whole life. Um, you know, I think that there's something about uh, the need. If a man is in a leadership position, he has to have some degree of sexual discipline. And I don't think Derek was really doing that. So you're sleeping with these different women who are going to go out on the internet and tell the whole world that they slept with you. And they be so low budget. Like the, when, yes. you, when they call me, not all of them, but most of the ones like that he, I caught him with, you know, mm. I would just be like, there's no way as a wife that I would even try to measure myself <laughs> up against a, a bitch that's on section eight. Proud of it. Okay. <laughs> Proud for a man to fly her to Miami on spirit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for the weekend and send her back to her children with no money. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, that is not something to brag about. No, like, that not. is, that's not a lick. Well, it's it's not, it's a lack of intelligence and strategy for him. Look, I, I think men are always going to be attracted to women and, and vice versa. It, it ain't, and remember, all the, the women Derek was sleeping with, they were sleeping with him. And it seems like it was all consensual. And I'm not here to judge that. Um, but I do think that people have to really understand how the people that you allow into your circle plays a big part in the outcomes of your professional life, your financial life and everything else. I mean, you look at what Derek has lost mm -hmm. because he was not able to exercise some degree of discernment. You know, my husband I, talks about that all the time. You know, being a man, because, you know, we've we've always been entrepreneurs since the beginning, since we met. Right. And that's one thing I had to piggyback off of what you were saying. And mm -hmm. as a man, for him to tell me as my husband and lie to me, like, I am not going to be attracted to other women. <laughs> find women it's, 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 it's in our being, but a man that was raised with discipline, like mm -hmm. he was raised by his father, right? You mm -hmm. understand that that's an attraction that, that has, that has nothing to do with you wanting the woman. You appreciate the beauty you move on just like we as women and women can sit up here and lie all they want and say that they don't find other men attractive 
And that, <laughs> wow, like that's nice to look at. I wonder, but you that doesn't necessarily mean you want to go there because there are mm -hmm. certain qualities about your husband or your mate that you're with. That's the reason as to why you're with him. So it's nice to look at, but long term, can I build a relationship? Can I have a partnership with this person? What can we actually build together? And that's essentially what it boils down to. The bottom line has to have a bottom line. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because my, my husband and I, we're both realists. He's like, if I ain't attracted to women, who am I attracted to? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It, it's, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things. And you, and you mentioned that point about your husband being trained by his father. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these guys didn't get that training. I you know, and, and I would, and I would suggest the ladies listening, if you are evaluating a man, um, ask him what he learned from his father. What's that relationship? Like, I'm not saying that that should disqualify him, but that yeah. says a lot. And I really say that even to men too. Um, you know, because one, one thing that we don't talk about is, that 76% of our kids grow up without a father in the house every day, like, you know, mentoring them on a regular basis. And you look at our house, I watch how my daughters follow their mother. You know, I'm their bonus dad. They have another father. We partner together to raise these kids and it's, it works, right? Because everybody's mature. Um, and I watch you how they- say that you, you know, you you have other children. Do you have children outside of yes. your marriage? Okay. So yeah. it, I, to me, and, and me and Kevin did have a disagreement on this because I was like, Kevin, you know, my mom had three kids, right? And it wasn't nothing for her to keep a, a man in the house to pay the bills. So, you know, saying that a woman, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it kind of lowers your chances. I'm like, there were men that was fighting to get with my mama. Like, they didn't give a shit if she had six kids because she was bad. You know what I'm saying? She's still right. bad. So, like, that doesn't make any sense. So, it, you can still bag successful men with children. They don't. And, and and if they're mentally like if they if they have their shit together and they understand that if you want a woman that's stable nine times out of ten they're gonna come with children because they have responsibilities that that force them to be stable and and they've learned to master it more you know so it's yeah. kind of an advantage when you date women you know that are older and over thirty five with children and have been in relationships they know what they want they're not going to be you know running your credit cards yeah. into the ground you know what i'm saying like <laughs> you know so i just had to jump in on that I'm no like, I, I think that's a good point I, I i did that's another part of the conversation i didn't understand because i would hear men especially yeah. when i married my wife because my wife had three kids when we got married and they were you know I, they were using words like simp which you know i don't even pay attention to that crap because i'm a grown man you know but it's like it's like, and I was like, well, what, what made, what made me a simp? And they, and they would reference like the fact that I got on my knee to propose to my wife. I, I was so emotionally connected to her and so happy to be her husband that I cried when I proposed to her. And I'm proud to take, you know, to be able to lead a household with her three children. Uh, and I think that's what led some men, you know, to see that in a way where it's like, not all men, it was a very small percentage, uh, but there were some men who said, oh, that's simping. And what I really hear when I see that is I hear I'm hearing from men that really weren't taught what masculinity looks like. Right. So if you don't have a man around really teaching you the subtleties and the nuances of masculinity, then you get it distorted. What do you do? You turn on the TV and you're learning how to be a man from your favorite rapper 
who acts like he's banging over breakfast. He always got his gun. He ain't never loved a woman in his life. He shows no emotion, etc. Right. Whereas um, I was lucky enough. My father, my biological father was not in my life. He was gone. I was born on Father's Day and my father wasn't even there when I was when I was born. But I was lucky enough to get a stepfather when I was three. And he married my mother. And you're right. My mother had a baby, but she was so pretty that my father was like, I don't even care. You know, so he <laughs> took over both of us. And my father was um, a complex man. He, he wasn't any, he, you know, he was nobody's punk. He's a Vietnam veteran police officer. He's literally killed people. But I also saw him uh, submitting to my mother and I saw my mother submitting to my father. So anybody running around saying that you should never submit to your partner has never really seen what it really takes to have a 30, 40, 50 year marriage. They've never seen it. So the best thing they can do, if you're signing up for this, it's like signing up to run a marathon. If you sign up to run a marathon and all you've ever done has been a sprinter, you need to go get some marathon training from some marathon runners, right? And most people on the internet who are giving relationship advice are horribly unqualified to be doing that. Horribly mm. unqualified. If you, you, you and I know, we, we know some of these people. Their they, personal lives are a mess. Me when I, I bowed to my husband uh, at our first live event that we sold out, <laughs> they dragged me so bad. They said, don't you ever, ever in your life get on your knee and, and bow <laughs> to your husband i said ah! i said i do this every day i'm just doing this in public right now there like you go. he get bound to physically spiritually mentally you know what yeah. I'm saying? like I, I i didn't i didn't understand that i'm like uh yeah there and he bows to me so yes. you know they felt like oh you you do you just doing this extra i'm like no this is how shit gets treated like yes period when he say goals like they've seen me mm -hmm. being on live arguing with other you know other people and my husband will call him be like shut it down i'll be like all right y'all gotta go, I gotta go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he'll let me go so far but he'll be like all right time, come on come on come on let's go let's go i, I, I love you know, that so, yeah that, I, I, that shit right there it's like y'all don't understand the dynamics of what goes into relationships and when you finally meet that person it's kind of mm -hmm. like you respect them as much as you respect your parents, like, mm -hmm. or someone that you love or your children, like they're now a part of your family. And so people, mm -hmm. I just think we were so disconnected, especially in these mm -hmm. social media days, we'll rather spend time liking posts as opposed to telling someone that you like them in real life or, or mm -hmm. love them in real life and showing them in real life, as opposed to posting a picture to, to tell the world that you love them. But behind closed doors, you don't give, even an ounce of, of, you know, emotion or, or, you know, any type of affirmations to the person that you're with. It's all for show. Yeah. You know, the simplest thing I would tell anybody that really wants to be happy in their relationships is mm -hmm. number one, don't listen to other people when it comes to your relationship. Don't listen to people on the internet, especially. Um, and then number two, the relationship has to be more important than your ego. If your mm. ego is like, well, I'm not going to take that from no woman or I ain't going to let no man tell me what to do, then what you're doing is you're putting your own personal needs and, and whatever ahead of the collective. You know, the family is it should be the top priority. And um, and, and I don't mind, you know, standing down. I'll stand down in a second uh, over something that is going to uh, make sure my family is good. You know, and, and I don't know if that is really taught enough. Uh, I think people think uh, I don't know what they th think in terms of, you know, maybe they think you're supposed to be happy every day or you're always supposed to get what you want. But that's not what it is. And if that and if you can't handle that, it's OK. It's just remain single because, again, another wealth killer is stuff like divorce. 
You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you can't work together as a group, I mean, in fact, my, my latest book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. I talk extensively not just about culture, but family. And most wealth is accumulated as a group, as a collective. You, you go to Africa a lot. You see that in Africa. Most Africans that are wealthy, they are wealthy families. Uh, my friend is from Botswana and her family. It's almost like they're like coming to America. I went to visit mm-hmm. her and they had they had. Uh, you know, Bentleys and, and Range oh, Rovers and Benzes and a gardener and a cook and a, yeah. and a, a butler. And, and, I, and I said, how did you get all this money? You know, she said, she said, um, my grandfather had a lot of cows mm-hmm. and then my father had more cows than him. And now me and my brothers have more cows than they did. Every generation we have more cows. And mm-hmm. she said, I do, I do not understand for a second how African-Americans think you can accumulate wealth when your families are falling apart and you're starting over every generation. And, and that's that's been systemically embedded into us. You yes. know, you run at the first fight. You run at the first infidelity. You just find a reason yep. to get out and break it up. And then yep. now you got two families struggling. Kids are struggling, which is it's 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 kind of like it's people are expecting people to 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 I guess um, you know build wealth and build relationships and forgetting that people are human. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, um, trauma is big for us. You know, my my wife mm-hmm. is a, a certified in trauma. In addition, I know, to yeah. she is she that. is a delight. By the way, I love her. Because yeah. when I asked her, I was like, "How do you feel about the mixed reviews behind your husband?" She's like, "I like him." I said, no, <laughs> it, wasn't me. it wasn't me. You know, I met content based on what's trending. Okay, so <laughs> you know, so and I obviously ain't made it too bad because you've been on my platform. So I was just like, okay. Oh, I'll be like, nah, you talk shit about my husband. Then. No, I'm not coming nowhere over there. You you, you take that. You know what I'm saying? So right. I'm glad that as a grown woman, she she understood. <laughs> you know what? I, and, I, and that's and that's my thing. Like, you know, I when I, before I got married, I, I waited to get married. I got married in my 40s. But okay. I always said, if it, I told everybody years ago, I said, if I get married, I'm going to marry a black woman. Like, the other choices are not an option for me because... Um, to me, that's my way of signaling that I'm committed to the fight that our community has. We have a lot of pain to overcome, a lot of damage, a lot of trauma. And I want to be next to a black woman as I go through that, because uh, a good black woman will stand by you like nobody else. You, you know, y'all have had our backs since slavery. And sometimes y'all can be challenging, just like we can be challenging. You know, my wife, uh, she had me take this uh, trauma test. It's called the ACES. It stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And I took this ACES test. And my trauma scale was real high because I had some abuse and, you know, some neglect, some challenges as a kid. And it really made me aware of how our trauma can uh, cause us to hit our triggers, which can cause us to destroy our relationships. So uh, I was very sabotagers. Yeah, you self-sabotage. Right. Because Mm -hmm. maybe you're scared of being re-traumatized, you know. And so um, I'm very proud that I have a therapist because. I think I think first of all, I think a therapist is not somebody that you just go see because you have a problem. Uh, I said, I want a therapist because I really want to show up as the best man I could be for the people that I love. You know, I, I want uh, I don't want to sabotage relationships because of something that happened in my childhood. So I want to unpack all of that. So anybody like that's listening that really wants to improve yourself, make that investment in a therapist because it'll just give you ways to understand things in a certain way. And it also even circles back into stuff like wealth, because think about it like this. Um, if you look even at something like, say, a rap group, if you have a rap group that doesn't get along and let's say they're making money, you know, touring around the world, number one albums and all this stuff. And then they start fighting each other and they can't. Migos. Away. 
Right, the Migos. There we go. The Migos, um, Three Six Mafia, uh, my, my buddy Willie D's and the Ghetto Boys, yeah. the, him and Bushwick and all were fighting. You know, like think about how many millions of dollars get lost when you can't work together. They could be touring right now. Well, uh, you know, Bushwick's gone, but, but Space and, and Willie could be touring making money, but it's not happening, right? But you look at the contrast to that. Look at New Edition. Look at how they split up over the years, went their separate ways, and then realized we're better together. And now New Edition is going to be going around Bobby Brown out there huffing and puffing, trying to, still trying to dance, you know, mm-hmm. and, but, but, and making money, getting paid yeah. to do it, making millions yeah. of dollars. Like, so, so that's what happens when you, you, can, you are able to overcome your differences with the people that are going to have your back. And a good therapist can help you do that. You know, so, so I think any family that wants to stay together, get you some help. You know, it, it, it's, it's not easy to do it all by yourself. I know I can't do it by myself. Now, let me ask you something. Um, you know, cause I know we got to wrap up here cause we've been here over an hour and stuff. Um, cause I could talk to you all day. I really can. And I would love that. And I would definitely love you to have you back, um, to continue to, you know, use the platform to just, you know, get the information out there. Um, you. you know, Michi X is a very, you know, she's a good friend of mine and her message is so strong. Mm-hmm. And I felt like you guys were powerful together. Do you see any chance of reconciliation between you two because your message is the same your your intentions are the same and i noticed you just spoke on like how important it is as a group it is to get money together and i feel that in a space that we're in especially as black women you know i'm i'm honored to have my husband that's my foundation for all of this right people ask me all the time and i like and i'm i'm gonna say this uh, people say, "What? Why you just didn't take the videos down?" I said, "Listen, I I was gonna yield. I was I was pregnant. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to deal with no no. I had never been to court before. I didn't want to deal with no law. So I was like, girl, if you, if the, if it means that much to you, I take it down. Since you out here spending money to get it down, but mm-hmm. if it wasn't for my husband saying, put it back up. Mm-hmm. Wow, you have a career to build, and if you start yielding now, mm-hmm. you you won't be able to." build because now they're all gonna come mm. you're gonna have lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit because mm. this one you submitted to whether win lose or draw you're gonna whatever the outcome is you're gonna go with this and you're gonna deal with it because this is you're setting the tone for what the brand is about so i feel that people like michi x are stronger when they have you know, finance people with a, a wealth of, of of just information who have degrees in it, who are black men that can help to make it an easier role for us to be taken serious. Because it's like, as a black woman, we get out here and we say something, we can say the same exact thing you say, right? As a man, we get called angry, masculine. We're, we're disconnecting. Why are we not feminine? Why are we not doing this? But a black man comes out and say, it's all okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kumbaya. Yeah. Let's do that. (laughs) But as a black woman, we're not allowed to speak on the same subjects. And I feel like Michi with someone like you, um, would go much further and be taken much more serious with the protection from somebody like you. Hmm. Well, you know, I think that's a, a valid point that you make. And I will say that um, I don't have anything against Michi X. Um, I think she's super talented. You know, that was what drew me to want to work with her in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's really hard because uh, I tried to make things work. You know, with the whole fly new being queen thing, it it just 
it got it got messy to the point where and I can't I can't really talk about it publicly because I'm I, I don't understand. Want, no, I don't want you to go yeah. into detail. Yeah. Yeah, but it it was it was hard. You know, it was really hard. And um, and so what I will say is at the very least, I I'm not ever gonna go out of my way to disparage what she's doing. And um, and I think and I applaud it. I support it. You know, I uh, in terms of us working together, I I don't really know if that could happen uh, just because sometimes. Sometimes things happen and it's hard to come back from it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and that's all I can really say. You, well, know, you know, that's what New Edition said, too. <laughs> but, but, when it's, but it, well, when it's for the greater good, because the wealth of knowledge that she has and the wealth of knowledge that you have. Black women like us need black men to protect us, even during our most vulnerable, most like most. It's kind of like managing a house, you know, like polygamy, right? (laughs) You got four wives. They ain't finna get along. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) And and you as a man and you got four wives, you got to figure out how to make them happy, how to keep yourself happy, how to keep children happy, how to keep air. You see what I'm saying? And 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 you may have one wife that just pushed the envelope. She may just, but mm. you because you, you you can't divorce. You know, in some religions, you're not allowed to divorce. You take that wife, you take everything that come with her. Eventually, they kind of you know it, they they settle in. It kind of challenges you to be better at being who you are as a community leader. And I felt like Michi X could have really kind of helped to push you into a better space to manage more mm. black women in the wealth space in the the consciousness space for us as a community and i feel that not to say that she needs it like she's going to be successful without but i feel like she will be more successful when you have the backing of a black man whether he's your husband or whether he's your business partner or someone that can help to kind of get you into rooms that you necessarily wouldn't get into well i i'll say this i'm i would i'm not going to ever disrupt what she's doing i'll always Mm -hmm. support it um i don't i i think i i'm still Maybe that's part of my journey. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, when, I, when you run into scenarios where you have several people that you are working with and, and they're not getting along at all, you know, you, you hope that you can settle it because you're right. Working together, uh, that's the original vision and that's the one that works. Mm-hmm. But then it's sort of a point where maybe you say, okay, maybe it's better if you're doing mm-hmm. your thing over there. Um, so I don't have anything against her. Um, I don't talk about her, you know, um, I, you know, it's not even, um, and it's not a hate thing at all. I, I, the, the big, the, the biggest thing I will say about Michi is that I, I got to know her and I know her story and she has been through so much, you know, and, uh, and so whenever I would get frustrated, I would remember, you know, that all of us have that inner child that's maybe hurting from things we went through as a kid. And, um, and, and so, uh, I wish her the best on that. Um, if somebody brought her to me or we were talking or something, uh, any animosity would never come from me, you know? And I, and I hated the fact that it even, it even became a big deal. I just, but I couldn't really respond directly to it because, um, I had to focus on what needed to be done, the bigger mission. So okay. that, that's, that's, that's the most I know how to say about it. Okay. Um, yeah, if you want more, more of my thoughts out, you know, I could, we could talk more about it, but I, yeah, no, 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 no. I, it, you know, mess is never, it never pays the bills. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I, I tell people I've never made money from any beef ever. So, um, it doesn't do anything for my platform. It's fun sometimes, you know, to throw shots. It's just a part of our human nature. It's like right. wars and stuff, but <laughs> at the end of the day, like, you know, wars never, yeah, work, make money on the back end, but it doesn't really do anything for the economy 
everybody loses. Nobody right. wins, right? Yeah. So um, and that's ultimately what I think. But when I do see two very powerful creators and I see a woman like Michi who is strong-willed and everything, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I allow her to platform because I do believe in her message. And I do believe she was kind of hurt at, you know, how everything transpired. And that was just her way of, of venting. But at the end of the day, like, I do feel like y'all are stronger together. Well, so. you know, well, I'll say this. If she wanted to have a private conversation and tell me ways that I hurt her, I would definitely apologize unconditionally. And, and Got it. Boom. And well, then y'all can get back to preaching the good word. <laughs> yes. <No> money. <laughs> we, we all in the same gang, right? We all in the same team. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And it could just be, you know, I ain't saying like how to, because of, of course that naturally doesn't work. It's kind of like you starting a business in your 20s. That business don't work out. You start another business, you're bankrupt. You understand what I'm saying? It's kind of like the along the scale of that. And I just think y'all messages are both so powerful. And I've never said anything against your message, right? You know. Um, I just think that it's we need we just need us to stick together more and we need more black women in the podcast space to have that backing from a black man to say, hey, wait a minute. OK, this is a woman you're talking to because you'll be surprised that it's more black men, especially like gay men and, um, you know, straight men who take shots at me as opposed to women. It's always the men, but they only could go so far because. They have to understand, like, I have a husband and he don't have no stuff online. You see what I'm saying? That That's just not his thing. Like, he ain't finna get up and argue with a woman. And frankly, if you argue with a woman, it tells him everything that he needs to know anyway. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, we'll yeah. deal with this when we deal with this. You feel me? Like, it's gonna be a day. It's not like any violence, but it's like, there's gonna come a time where whether it's it's gonna be by me or anybody that you're gonna have to answer for it. because if you if you're willing to go that far uh you know on a woman you know because you're emotionally unstable you you ain't no telling what you'll do oh yeah absolutely and so, that, that, yeah that that kind of behavior um and that's what I really challenge men in general to do is I know you're frustrated I know you got something to say but you need to be really careful watch your mouth when you're talking about black women you cannot, you know, these are these women, you wouldn't exist without a black woman. So uh, so there's a sacredness that black women have that has to be acknowledged, even if as you express your disagreement, uh, as you challenge her, you know. And, and so I, I think that when you get these men that are so disrespectful or say, I, I'm, I'm tired of black women, I'm giving up on black women, all this other stuff. That's where they've gone over the line. And and, and yeah. to, at that point, you become a liability to the community, which is entirely unacceptable. Exactly. So, but listen, I support everything that you're doing. Do you mind dropping, like sending us all the links to your books, telling us what book right now that you have out that you're pushing so that people can go and buy, click and support? Yeah, um, my website is boycewatkins.com. It's spelled just like Joyce with a B. Okay. Uh, so at boycewatkins.com, uh, I have a new book out called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's done really well. It's an Amazon bestseller. And uh, also um, uh, I have uh, we have things like financial flashcards for kids. We developed a lot of tools for uh, to educate our kids on wealth at an early age, because that's something that isn't done very often but it makes a big difference in your child's well-being uh, and their economic freedom, all kinds of stuff like that. So a lot of this on my website, boyswalkers.com. And then in the okay. fall, we have the All Black National Convention, which is in Atlanta in October. Oh, and you are invited, by the way. Oh. And uh, yeah, and it's uh, so so if you if you have time or you near ATL, I would love to have you. And okay. it's, it's amazing. The energy is super positive. We bring together experts from all areas, lawyers, doctors, 
professors, all the people, some entertainers, sometimes entertainers come into, but we really want to bring together people that can form solutions for our community. I like that. And it's, yeah. uh, we're on our eighth year and uh, it goes really well. So every, I guarantee anybody who attends is going to love it. So Okay. All right. Great. So we'll link, we'll make sure we link all that below the video. Again, um, I'm glad that we had a good introduction. Like I said, I could talk to you for forever. I'll definitely be uh, reaching out uh, to your team so that you can, you know, speak on a lot of these topics and things like that and help just kind of keep us informed, you know, keep money in our pockets and keep us, you know, just kind of conscious as a whole on the bigger picture. So thank you. And thank you to your wife as well, too. Like I said, she is so smart. I had, she's such a vibe. I was like, if I did live in Atlanta, I would be, y'all live in Atlanta, right? Well, we, we we got we have a house in Atlanta, and we okay. are going to move to Atlanta. Uh, okay, house in, in Atlanta. We live in Chicago now. <laughs> house in Atlanta. Do you? Oh, look at y'all. Well, yeah, that's a, well. You know, we do a little bit of real estate. You know, that type of thing. Now, are you in Florida? Is that where you live? Yeah, yeah, we're in South Florida. Nice. So nice. I was in Georgia for twenty years. Them allergies and the taxes and stuff like that. I said, these people are gonna put me out of business for my business lawsuit. Oh my gosh! I got to yeah. go. I got to yeah. go. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm gonna make it with my allergies. That's that's kind of making me nervous. So I might, not be, Georgia, I might be bored with you. It's rough. It's very very really? rough. So yes, yes, you better be prepared. So okay. you have people that have never had allergies before. I was like, I got allergies out of the blue. So um, yeah, but no, thank you again. Um, uh, I I hope that you know you'll definitely uh, be back. And yes. I know we didn't get to really cover everything. I just kind of wanted us to like you know break the ice and. You know, I pick your brain a little bit and do an introduction because I know you've never been on this platform. And I'm sure a lot of the viewers have seen you on a lot of platforms. But, you know, um, just being able to kind of introduce you over here and hopefully, you know, you'll definitely be back pretty soon. I, I, I can't wait to come back. And I, and I love your work. I think Thank you. Great. Thank you. You're, you're the gold at this. You're, you're so good. Thank oh. you. I, listen, I just try. People think, you know, I'm for the ratchetness. I'm like, no, I'm really conservative. Y'all just don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you you remind me of when I when I uh, did stuff with, uh, back in the day with Wendy Williams. You know, oh, I, really? Yeah, yeah. Wendy, Are you really telling your age? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to go on her radio <laughs> show all the time. Yeah, yeah. That was when I met her and Charlamagne and everything. And yeah. And, and, and I thought it was interesting that Wendy was so good at what she did, but she people don't know she was a genius. I mean, this yeah. lady was. And look at what she went through in New York and Diddy kicked her out of the city. She still came back and became number one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was really inspired by her success. You know, um, there was some messiness, I guess, with the husband and all that, but I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, I, I just look he at He fucked that. up the family. He fucked up the family and the money. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I, I I, can't say I like Kevin as much as I like Wendy. Let's just say that. I'll yeah. Well, Go you know, karma has its way. He just got hit with that fork and he had to sell his house and you know, unpaid taxes yeah. couldn't even pay an eight hundred dollar uh, homeowners association fee. They put a lien on the house, and you wow. know, it's it's a lot going on. Yeah. Wow. Oof. Mm. Oof. Well, it, it yeah. goes full circle, I guess. Mm. Mm. Wendy's dime is done. Yeah. Like, bad bitch. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I heard that the side bitch had just overcame cancer. I was like, how sway? Oh, oh. I was like, did Wendy's money pay for your chemo treatments? Mm, woof. Oh. <laughs> we gotta go. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. I really All right. so I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, take care.